Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer around God's Word. Come to you each day at about 9 a.m. Today is Monday, October 4th, 2021. We'll continue our catechesis, now moving into the book of 1 Kings from 2 Samuel, uh, which just sequentially just continues on. This is David, the last story of David. Um, appointing Solomon to succeed him, and then um, we'll hear about him dying. We're going to read a little bit more with you here online than what was on the prayer guide and what I did with the children. Some of the content is a little bit easier uh, for you to handle, maybe. And then uh, we have a little bit more time here than I do with the children. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we say our memory verse for this week together. By the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Romans 3 verse 20. Say it again. Try to commit it to memory this week. By the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Romans 3, verse 20. All right. Our psalm this week is Psalm 127. And this fits within the theme that we were discussing last week about um, how a man's house is his castle. I think I mentioned that. Was that on Saturday? I don't know. Someday last week. Um, and uh, we hear how the Lord builds the house. Let's, let's pray the psalm. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, like the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, we'll talk more about the psalm as we pray it uh, this week. Our first reading today is from James chapter 3. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in a word, in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships. At ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, and a world of iniquity. 
The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. There ends the reading. I think this is pretty self-evident as to what James getting, is getting after here, and I think this is confirmed by our own experience that um, the whole axiom or uh, colloquial phrase, I remember growing up hearing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me, is completely backwards. <laughs> um, we are much more resilient to sticks and stones than we are um, to words. Words are actually very destructive. Uh, to reputation, to livelihood, um, to congregations, to communities. Um, Political discourse, of course, has devolved into um, backbiting and cursing and swearing in a way that um, is is destructive and doesn't build one another up, right? So um, Jesus says out of the mouth, excuse me, it's not what goes into the mouth that uh, defiles a man, but what comes out of him. Um, Because out of his mouth, what springs forth from his mouth comes from his heart, and his heart is evil, all right, or corrupted by sin. All right, so you think about the number of times the psalmist then will encourage you um, to restrain your lips, to guard the door of your lips, as it said, or the way that the uh, that Solomon, in all of his wisdom, talks about uh, wise words versus foolish words. Right? Uh, it's recognizing this truth is the way that you speak reveals uh, what's in your heart. Right. Um, this is why when we hear, when we hear really toxic words or um, backbiting or, or bitterness in in the Christian congregation, um, we need to be, I think, very attentive to those things. As as of course as pastor, but um, as fellow Christians, and to uh, reprove or correct a brother or sister here in the congregation when they speak in such a way that um, is bringing hurt or harm, rather than encouraging and supporting or um, seeking correction in love, right? Um, because what we're seeing there is, is actually a condition of the heart, and it's revealing um, the way that the heart perhaps has rejected God's word, um, or has rejected the love that they have in Christ, does not live in the forgiveness of sins, etc. At which point, um, it's time for repentance, and time to bring correction. Okay, so uh, guard the door of your lips, as the psalmist says. And now, as I mentioned, uh, we'll continue our catechesis, moving on from 2 Samuel into 1 Kings. Um, we're going to read more with you than I did with the children. I'll read most of chapter 1 and into chapter 2. Um, but that way you get the full context, okay? Now, King David was old, advanced in years, and they put covers on him, but he could not get warm. Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman, a virgin, be sought for our lord the king, and let her stand before the king, and let her care for him, and let her lie in your bosom, that our Lord the King may be warm. So they sought for a young, lovely young woman throughout all the territory of Israel, and found uh, Abishag the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The young woman was very lovely, and she cared for the king and served him, but the king did not know her. 
Then Adonijah, the son of Haggath, exalted himself, saying, I will be the king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. Sounds like Absalom. Yes. And his father had not rebuked him at any time by saying, Why have you done so? He was also very good looking. His mother had been born him after Absalom. Then he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar the priest, and they followed and helped Adonijah. But Zadok the priest, Benaniah, or Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, Shemai, Rai, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fatted, fatted calf, or cattle by the stone of Zohelath, which is in En-Rogel. He also invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants, but he did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, the mighty men, or Solomon his brother. So Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David our Lord does not know it? Come, please, let me now give you advice, that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go immediately to King David and say to him, Did not my lord, O king, swear to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? Then while you are still talking there with the king, I, will, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went into the chamber of, uh, to the king. Now the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was serving the king. And Bathsheba bowed and did homage to the king. The king said, What is your wish? Then she said to him, My lord, you swore by the Lord your God to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. So now look, Adonijah has become king, and now, my lord the king, you do not know about it. He has sacrificed oxen and fatted cattle and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest, Joab the commander of the army, but Solomon your servant, he has not invited. And as for you, my lord, O king, the eyes of all Israel are on you that you should tell them who will sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it will happen when my lord the king rests with his fathers that I and my son Solomon be counted as offenders. And just then, while she was still talking with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. So they told the king, saying, Here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, have you said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down today and has sacrificed oxen and fatted cattle and sheep in abundance and has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army and Abiathar the priest. And look, they are eating and drinking before him and they say, Long live King Adonijah. But he has not invited me, me your servant, nor Zadok the priest, nor Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, nor your servant Solomon. Has this thing been done by my lord the king? And you have not told your servant who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then King David answered and said, Call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king took an oath and said, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from every distress, Just as I swore to you by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, your son shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, so I certainly will do this day. 
Then Bathsheba bowed her face to the earth and paid homage to the king and said, Let my lord King David live forever. And David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. So they came before the king, and the king also said to them, Take with you the servants of your lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule, and take him down to Gihon. There let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel, and blow the horn, and say, Long live King Solomon! Then you shall come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, and he shall be king in my place. For I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Now the days of David drew near that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, you know also what Joab the son of Zeruiah did to me, and what he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel, to Abner the son of Ner, and Amasa the son of Jether, whom he killed. And he shed the blood of war in peacetime, and put the blood of war on his belt that was around his waist, and on his sandals that were on his feet. Therefore do according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray hair go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness to the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For so they came to me when I fled from Absalom your brother. And see, you have with you Shemai the son of Gera, a Benjaminite from Bahurim, who cursed me with a malicious curse in the day when I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at the Jordan, and I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death but with the sword. Therefore, now, do not hold him guiltless, for you are a wise man and know what you ought to do to him. But bring his gray hair down to the grave with blood. So David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. The period that David reigned over Israel was forty years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron, and in Jerusalem he reigned thirty-three years. All right, like I said, a little bit longer reading, uh, but you kind of need the backstory. I had to just try to briefly explain it to the children. There was a few things, well, one thing in there particular <laughs> about the young woman to keep him warm in his old age um, that wasn't really necessary to read for the children today. Um, but what's going on here, especially verses five through seven, is you see uh, there's another conspiracy, just like with Absalom, now um, Adonijah plotting to become king. Joab and Abiathar, in particular, we've met Joab before, were aiding him. All right, so Adonijah, um, son of David. Yeah, he was trying to remember where he falls in the birth order. All right, we, I mean, we know his mother was Haggith, one of David's wives. Um, we know here he's a handsome man. We've got the influential people. I'm trying to see if we know anything more about Adonijah. No, this is pretty much it. Everything we know about him is recorded um, here in this, in this text or in First and Second Chronicles. Fourth son of David by Haggith, 
Um, so this is one of the sons born in Hebron uh, while David was king in Judah, those first seven years. And uh, his three brothers were Amnon, Chiliab, and Absalom. All right, so he's the fourth. So he is actually a son of the same woman by way uh, of David. All right, so there you go. Now, um, what was the role of Bathsheba and Nathan in particular in the midst of this conspiracy? When we have it here in verses 17 and 18, right? Um, they went to remind David that Solomon was to be king and not Adonijah, right? So both Bathsheba in 17 and 18, and then Nathan in verse 24 as well, right? Uh, what could Bathsheba have been saying in verse 31 in particular here, right here? She bowed her face to the earth, paid homage to the king, and said, Let my lord King David live forever. What's she referring to there? It's really a beautiful uh, confession. Um, I don't know if she knows what she's saying, but that's how it often goes with, with those uh, in the scriptures. Think of 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7, when God makes a promise uh, to David by way of Nathan, in particular, where he says, um, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He, he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established uh, forever. Right? So just, she doesn't mean um, that David, per se, is going to live forever, but she's praying for the fulfillment of God's promise of an eternal throne, um, and maybe, maybe of also David's eternal life, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting, which David, of course, has confessed as well. All right. So wonderful confession there from Bathsheba. All right. Who was to take Solomon then to Gihon? That would be um, Zadok, Nathan, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada. All right, and Gihon, this is an interesting place. Um, it's curious that it's mentioned in particular. It's the second river mentioned in the, in the book of Genesis, uh, one of the four rivers that issued out of the Garden of Eden. Um, but by this time, um, it is a spring, a, a spring, spring water, right, on the eastern slope of Mount Zion, right, on which David has built Jerusalem. All right, so why a king with a prophet, priest, and a representative of the king, why would a king be anointed there at a spring of water? Now, this is connected for you to your baptism, right? Where we're anointed by the Holy Spirit, right? Um, at the springs of living water and holy baptism. Of course, those three mentioned already, again, like we heard in the reading on Friday, represent the threefold office, right? Of prophet, priest, and king. We saw that um, born witness in David when he um, when he sets up the on the threshing floor the altar right where David is the priest he had already been the prophet having sung um, God's word um, to Saul for example in the Psalms um, and of course he's king and now we see here again a prophet priest and king at the anointing of Solomon again pointing forward then to the office held by the son of David the everlasting son of David. Jesus Christ. Um, and he's given to ride on a mule, David's mule, not any mule, 
Gihon being on the eastern slope means he'll ride from the east to the west. Oh, you might hear, think of the hymn, the Christmas hymn. From east to west, from shore to shore. Right, Jesus comes from the east um, into the holy city. So we have the picture already here in Solomon also of Jesus riding in on David's mule on Palm Sunday. Um, by the way, east, um, east is the, the place from where judgment comes, right? From east to west, right? With the rising of the sun. And the sun being a double entendre, really. S-O-N and S-U-N, right? Together, Jesus. All right, and then blow the horn and say, long live King Solomon. And of course, Solomon is set up as king then. Um, while David is still living, right? Yeah. This is the way, uh, the appropriate way to do a transfer of uh, kingly authority. Otherwise, you see what happens with Solomon, his son, um, and his sons then do battle with each other and end up splitting the kingdom in, in retreat. Um, of course, Solomon then is elevated to the throne while David is yet king, which is also another picture of Jesus, right? God the Father bringing Jesus to sit at his right hand, all right, and giving him all authority in heaven and on earth, uh, which would have been the fourth distribution hymn yesterday. Christ sits at God's right hand, his saving work complete. All right, but uh, we didn't get to that hymn yesterday. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, again, I didn't read this with the children, um, but we can do it, right? We read it. Chapter. This would be chapter two of Second or First Kings. Excuse me. Uh, what does he mean when he says, "I go the way of all the earth"? That's a euphemism again, or a colloquial expression for, yeah, for death. What's the concern um, that David gives? regards to Solomon here in chapter 2. I think this is really important. Um, it's the kind of thing that maybe you'd, well, not maybe, I would, I would encourage you to include like in the preamble to your will, to your last will and testament. If you haven't already uh, written one, mm, I haven't yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty far along in the process. I just have to actually just schedule an appointment with the lawyer to get it drafted. But uh, the preamble, in the preamble, to make this kind of encouragement um, to your children, right? To keep the charge of the Lord, right? Do what he has commanded, walk in his ways, right? Follow after Jesus, keep his statutes and his testimonies, right? Honor the Sabbath day, pray uh, daily, um, honor authorities and your parent, and obviously um, the rest of the commands as well, for example. So maybe something to include in your preamble. Um, he's doing it here before he dies, all right? Um, and I think this is an important note because it's much like what we talked about in the psalm, Psalm 127. I said we talk about it later this week, right? Uh, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain, right? And this is talking, it's connected with the idea of children here. He's talking about, you know, a man's house is his castle. <laughs> that the, the home, that you actually build a household, you build a home, right? When you uh, marry your wife um, and they, Lord willing, he gives you children. You're establishing a household, right? And it's being built. But if it's not just having children isn't the same as building a household, at least not in God's eyes, that household must be built upon Jesus and his word, or it's built in vain, right? And actually it won't last. And we'll see that with David's own household, actually, as we look at Solomon and his children. So that's what uh, charge David's giving. And Solomon uh, doesn't exactly heed the wisdom of his own father, despite being the wisest man who ever lived. In other words, what David's actually saying here, um, well, it's right here in verse 4, is that 
um, David, or that Solomon uh, remain in the faith of the promise, right? Of the, of the son of David who would sit upon his throne forever. Okay, another euphemism here. Um, we heard it from Bathsheba earlier, and here it is in the narrative in verse 10. David rested with his fathers. What does that mean? Well, it means that he died, of course. Um, it's interesting, actually, we'll see this with Solomon is that Solomon, uh, it's not said that he uh, went to be with his fathers or rested with his fathers, which um, begs the question then, did Solomon die in, in faith or not? But um, it's a little speculative. All right, and then now we hear again of David's reign. We talked about this when David became king. Now we see it at the end, that he reigned for 40 years, seven of which were in Hebron over Judah, and then 33 in Jerusalem over both Judah and Israel. Of course, 33 years is really Critical, we see this in the life of the son of David, with Jesus. Yeah, he died outside of Jerusalem at age 33. All right, meditation on the text. How does our God come? He comes to us in humility of the manger and riding upon a donkey. The son of David, the king of heaven and earth, comes to Jerusalem just as Solomon did. He comes as the one anointed in the Jordan as our prophet, priest, and king. Solomon would not bring real peace in his kingship, For the only true peace is to be obtained by the death of the Messiah, that is, the Christ or the Anointed One, upon the cross. The crowds of Jerusalem desired a king like Solomon instead of a king who offered true peace through the forgiveness of sins. Still today our Lord comes to us in the church as he rides in among us on the donkey-like and lowly elements of bread and wine to bestow the blessing of his kingdom, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Still today he rides in upon the words of of the stubborn donkey of a preacher, (laughs) to proclaim the peace of the forgiveness of sins to his people. Through his church, the Lord proclaims peace to the world. But like the crowds of Jerusalem, too many turn their backs in search of another king. All right, we confess our catechism for this week, the close of the commandments. What does God uh, say about all these commandments? Why are the words missing there? He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. What does this mean? God threatens to punish all who break these commandments, therefore we should fear his wrath and not do anything against them. But he promises grace and every blessing to all who keep these commandments, therefore we should also love and trust in him and gladly do what he commands. We pray. Almighty God, you threaten to punish all who break your commandments. Therefore, help us to fear your wrath and not do anything against them. But you also promise grace and every blessing to all who keep your commandments. Therefore, forgive us our sins and strengthen our faith in Jesus so that we love and trust in you and gladly do what you command. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray the collect for this week. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in Thanksgiving with those who celebrate their birthday, yesterday Stephen, and today Anne. Also those who rejoice in their baptism, yesterday Jonathan. Pray for the households of our church this week with Dick and Corey, 
Dan, Stephen and Jackie, Ed and Bev, Scarlett, Norman, Donna, and Chelsea. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Kelsey, Ron, Amanda, Dan, John, and Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Ken, Kathy, and Mike. Our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Mickey. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially with Orphan Grain Train, our mission of the month. We intercede on behalf of all the saints for a disdain of earthly things. We continue to pray with the family and friends of Kay Winter who grieve her death. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, this week um, we sing a new hymn. This is uh, literally contemporary worship. <laughs> I know that means a genre of uh, music or of church singing, but um, this is a hymn written by a uh, currently serving pastor in uh, mid-Michigan and Bay City, Michigan, and the tune is actually written by uh, one of my son Ethan's organ uh, music professors there teaches organ at Concordia, Nebraska, and that is Water, Blood, and Spirit Crying, a bold confession um, against the enemies of faith and in confession of Christ and who he is for us and given to us in our baptism. So let's sing it. Breathing 
Very good. Uh, I hope that hymn, uh, you'll enjoy learning it this week so that uh, we can sing it uh, boldly and strongly in divine service uh, moving forward. So that's the purpose of singing the same hymn each day throughout the week, so that these things get committed to memory and you become quite familiar with them. Yes, Don, you're welcome. Good to see you in the chat there, Chris, Gus and Eileen, Norm, um, Karen, Michael, and then Don and Karen. It's good to have you with us here today and all of those of you who are uh, watching or listening later in the day. Uh, yesterday's Divine Service is available online, although it does get cut off in the end. Pastor Bloss uh, was a little bit more long-winded than I am, <laughs> plus uh, there were a few more introductions at the beginning. Um, I think I might change the way that I capture that service so that we don't get the end cut off um, in the future for those of you who are unable to gather with us um, in person on Sundays. Um, let's see, what else? Bible study, there was no audio, that's Windows rebooted. I think uh, with that too, I'll probably uh, seek a different way to capture that now that we have, well, we'll see how much money is left um, from after the bill is paid for, for the new equipment in the sanctuary. Maybe we can, uh, there'll still be a few pennies left uh, to purchase a, a better camera for the, uh, and audio um, for capturing Bible study. Although I did record it on my phone, so you can actually go and listen to it uh, via podcast, go to the link down below, stjohnrandomlake.org, go up to church, click media, uh, and you'll find it there. I also shared it on Facebook, so you can capture, you can see it there. All right. So, um, of course, the best thing to do is, if at all possible, to gather with us in person uh, for Bible study and for divine service. That way, you don't miss out on any of the elements, depending on how the technology works, right? <laughs> okay. Um, let's see, anything else? I don't think so. Uh, God willing, we'll have a, a nice quiet week and uh, work towards next Sunday. Of course, you can make plans to join us Wednesday evening for divine service this week. Um, actually, we will repeat um, some of the readings from Sunday, uh, but uh, we didn't hear that any of those readings preached upon. So um, we'll you'll hear a, a special uh, message and you'll hear the text from Sunday preached on specifically since Sunday was our mission festival. Uh, let's see, anything else? I don't think so. So Lord be with you all, keep you safe, and we'll see you again in the morning.